we're going to start by talking about the Joker, the movie, right? Now, don't worry. I'm sure some of you haven't seen it yet, but it, I'm not going to spoil it. It's not a Destiny stream. Not that I think, not that I really give a fuck about spoilers or anything like that, right? Because, you know, I think that's massively overplayed. And I think if you're going to fucking cry about spoilers while still operating on the internet, you, you know what I mean? You should fucking calm down. But, um, you know, we've all had time to see it if you're so inclined. What I want to talk about today, though, is pretty much what, you know, if I'd had time, we would have brought this up earlier. And that is basically the fear-mongering that went on uh, with the movie. Um, and I, I can't think of a time I've seen anything uh, like this kind of crazy. I, I, I've grown up with a lot of moral panics down the years, right? So, you know, I'm used to seeing ridiculous things in the media, but it's always been readily dismissed. I'll give you some examples from my childhood. I remember when uh, David Cronenberg's The Fly came out. Good to see you again, by the way, Big Fat Fatty. Haven't been a while. Glad you still love me. Um, the uh, When David Cronenberg's remake of The Fly came out, it was widely reported as one of the most like grotesque uh, movies of all time, that it was um, going to, you know, it was driving grown men to faint uh, in, in the theaters, that it was, you know, it was, it was like the most horrific thing you'll ever see. Uh, and I remember reading about that, and of course, in actual fact, it, I mean, I, I always think David Cronenberg was kind of playing that for laughs, actually, when you go back and watch the movie, but, you know, little things like how his penis drops off and he keeps it in the medicine cabinet, you know, I always thought it was meant to be a very dark comedy, but but whatever. Um, you know, so, I remember when they re-released The Exorcist, and if you remember anything from the time when The Exorcist was released, this was billed as, like, the scariest movie ever. People were losing their minds. I think there was, like, some false reports of people, like, killing themselves after watching it because they couldn't handle the idea of demonic possession and all of that stuff. Um, so, and, and, you know, just general video nasties. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was banned in the UK. Uh, it was banned, and there was a rumor at my school that it was banned because it was an actual snuff movie. Because, you know, the, the opening credit of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it says this is, a you know, based on a true story. So that led kids who've never seen the movie to want to pretend that they'd seen it. And go, oh, yeah, and the kids really die in it. And, of course, it's so absurd. It's such so absurd a film that uh, nobody could believe that it was real. Uh, so you had that, yeah. You had uh, just uh, what happened with Child's Play. Uh, if people remember that, obviously the uh, two kids that killed Jamie Bulger, um, you know, they abducted a child and killed him down by some train tracks. The last movie they'd watched was Child's Play, and rather than question the parenting and everything else, they immediately tried to ban the movie and just 18 movies in general. We had Clockwork Orange, uh, which Stanley Kubrick himself banned from cinemas in the UK because he was worried it was going to inspire home invasions. But I, have, I can honestly say that all of the media uh, panic, all of the moral panics that I've ever seen, doesn't really compare to this. It's not hyperbolic. Because it, it was just like one or two stories just to fill papers space, just to occupy some time on the news. You know, I lived through Mary Whitehouse. You know, she barely had an impact. I lived through the era of video nasties. I lived through Dungeons and Dragons saying, you know, it causes Satanism. I lived through the era of hip-hop music, uh, you know, kind of being banned and parental advisory stickers. You know, I grew up with all of this stuff. And, and generally, 
what we always arrive at is it's just nonsense. It's just panic. What I've never seen is the mainstream media gets so on board with a narrative so quickly about a film and basically just kind of surrender as a matter of fact movies if you watch a film it'll inspire you to commit violence there's a definite connection and we should all be deathly afraid uh now this was of course all before anyone had seen the movie you started getting these um you know news stories coming out uh, you can see here, this is one from the Telegraph, you know, male rage hits the multiplex, what Joker tells us about incel culture, of course, it tells us nothing about incel culture, because uh, it wasn't really about incel culture, and if you've seen the film now, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, it's got nothing to do with with incelatory or whatever the fuck you want to call it, uh, so it tells us absolutely nothing about it, there was CNN as well, um, pointing out here that the feds issue a bulletin about threats ahead of the joke and joker opening weekend and when you get into this uh there was a joint intelligence bulletin that got shared around with police that got obtained by cnn uh and it was like they were saying you have got like the, the way it was reported in the media here like by cnn they issued a bulletin about threats but actually when you look at the bulletin and what was actually issued it said that there was no information of specific or credible threats to any location or any venue. So they did issue a bulletin about it. Yeah, that's right, CNN. They did issue a bulletin about it. Uh, and what that bulletin said was, just be on heightened alert. There's nothing specific to worry about, but just be on heightened alert. It's like moving the terrorist-ometer, you know, from fucking... Oh, it's gone from light yellow to, oh, it's orange now. It doesn't mean anything. It's like, you know, just, yep, be vigilant. You know, that's all it was. So there, there was that CNN, uh, there was, uh, what else was there? I, you know, I picked out a few of these. There was so many. I, I don't want to bore you by just, like, labor, you know, by laboring the point. Um, but let me just show you this as well. You can see this was another report here. This might take a while to open. Uh, film Joker raises concerns of violence. Um, and I, it's just so, like, crazy to me that there's, like, this prescribed panic. Like, like as if we should be worried about it. Uh, kind of feels like... We really, we really shouldn't be worried about it at all, no more than any other violent movie. But there was a lot going on here. I mean, first you have to understand why we get to this. Why are we talking about the Joker and it being a dangerous and subversive film? When in essence, what it is, is it is a, it's, a, it's the same old story we've seen time and time again in movies, in literature. Somebody pushed to breaking point and then they enact a revenge storyline. I mean, that's essentially it in a nutshell. You can put all the trappings on of, oh, it's, you know, this, that, and the other. It is a story as old as stories themselves. Somebody is, you know, bullied, cajoled, pushed. They can't take it. They snap and they do something completely disproportionately heinous. You know, for example, 
you want to talk about, I, I see a lot of people tweeting about, well, why don't we have a female rage version of the Joker? Why is it always going to be men and incels? Okay, well, you know nothing about movies, and I do. So I'll help you out, all you fucking female journalists that were screeching about this being, you know, dangerous, and it was a male power fantasy, and all the other nonsense. There's a film called Carrie. It got recently remade. Uh, don't watch the remake. Do watch the original with Sissy Spacek. And it's the exact same storyline with the exact same beats, okay? It is, uh, it is a, a girl who does nothing wrong going through puberty, a confusing time of her life. She is bullied at school. She's bullied at home. She has no support network. But she does have latent psychic powers. And then... They all get together, all the kids at school, and they go, hey, do you know what would be the best prank of all? If we tricked it into thinking we all liked her and she was good-looking and popular, which they do by staging her winning the queen of the prom and she gets to sit next to the fucking jock sweetheart that everyone wants to fuck, and she thinks it's all real, and then they dump a bucket of pig's blood on, on her head and they all laugh about it. So it's like the pinnacle it's the pinnacle of her social kind of calendar. It's the pinnacle of her social life, and they completely ruin it. And then, of course, her latent psychic powers come out, and motherfuckers die. Motherfuckers get blown up. Motherfuckers get electrocuted. Motherfuckers get set on fire. And then what she does is she goes home, and, hey, and she's like, oh, wait, religious freak of a mother that's been keeping me locked up in a motherfucker bedroom and torturing my ass, you're probably going to get some too. And in a symbolic thing, she essentially crucifies her with fucking kitchen knives off the table she destroys her entire house and fucks off so it's an absolute banger of a film never heard anyone complain about it or say what does it tell us about latent female rage what does it tell us about the dangers of menstruation is it an allegory for pmt that's premenstrual tension guys if you're a little bit younger and never been in a relationship Never said any, you, you don't pontificate about it. It's very obvious what it's about. It's very obvious what the subtext is. And it's none of those things in the same way that having seen Joker now, anybody tying this to incels and, and all of that, it's got nothing to do with that at all. In fact, if you want to run actual, you know, kind of allegories and interpretations of the story, you've definitely got, um, a, a very clear allegory and very clear references to the 1% and powerful people in America and distribution of wealth and how people are squeezed to absolute breaking point by capitalism. That's in there, right? Undeniably so. And then, of course, the other far more obvious interpretation is that it is about mental health. It's about mental health and, you know, the, the, the not identifying problems, the inherent cruelty uh, that we treat people with mental health problems with, how we ignore it, how sometimes we even encourage people with mental health to do things that are demonstrably harmful to themselves. These are very good readings of the movie. Incel murder culture and woman-hating isn't one of them. It, it's just not there. So all of these journalists that were talking about it, like it was a matter of fact, like this was the incel movie, completely embarrassed themselves. But there's a far more sinister thing going on here, you see, because th because this movie was championed by those little groups that everybody fucking likes to just, you know, hate. Like, so, for example, you can't just be a guy, a, a kind of a nerdy guy online. 
Um, you must be an incel by definition. You can't be a guy who likes video games. You're obviously a gamer gator by extension. Um, you, you're not allowed to just sit in these little groups anymore without becoming uh, subverted into something more sinister in mainstream media narratives. So because obviously you get a healthy bunch of shit posters and you do get some cunts and you do get some real incels and you do get some real losers, but by and large, generally everyone's normal, right? So what they do is they tar the entire group because of the actions of one or two like fringe lunatics that don't really speak or represent anybody. So obviously they have to bash this movie in an era where people are like saying, hmm, I don't like Captain Marvel, right? Well, sorry guys, you're not allowed to not like Captain Marvel. You must like Captain Marvel uh, or you're not woke enough and probably secretly a sexist. I've seen that movie. I, I think all the people that are like, um you know like it doesn't bother me like that that the movie was bad i'd never like complain about it or like where you're ruining my comics like captain marvel won't shit anyway let's be real about it but uh, but and some people are like that and they deserve derision and to be treated with contempt but the idea that it's like oh because it's a female protagonist everybody hated the movie the movie sucked the scripting was bad and brie larson was fundamentally unlikable in the lead role i mean that's all that's all there is to it it's just a fair critique from somebody that appreciates films. This, by contrast, was very um, clearly going to be well-received. It had all of the hallmarks, by the way, of being a very good movie. Uh, people who'd seen early screenings and, and teasers going back to 2017 had said that this was going to look very good. I think Wackman uh, Phoenix is an incredibly accomplished actor and one of the best active ones in, in Hollywood right now. Really throws himself self into roles he's been in some low-key sleeper movies that people maybe don't appreciate that that's real that are really good and he's pulled out some unbelievably masterful performances i mean for example you know when i when i want to think of how good his work is i probably think of the master you know where he 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 outshone uh philip seymour hoffman which is like fucking incredible right i mean philip seymour hoffman what a loss to the world so you know phoenix is a fucking you know at the top of his game um and he does so many interesting projects and 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 is and is always transformative like he's not playing himself you know you watch a tom cruise movie tom cruise has been in some good movies he's been in some ass movies but you're always very cognizant of the fact that you're watching tom cruise play his I, you know, idealized version of Tom Cruise in his mind. Um, with with uh, Wackman Phoenix, obviously, it's 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 different every time. He really puts on transformative masterclasses, and I, I think if anything, actually doesn't get enough credit for it. It's, it's sort of a shame it takes what is ostensibly a superhero film for him to get that level of attention. Anyway, so because this movie was always going to play well with these fucking groups people had you know they had they were, had it in for this movie right from the get-go critics wanted to tie it to the incel movement despite knowing nothing about the plot having not seen the movie they wanted to tie it to violence and one of the most uh, pernicious and unbelievably offensive lies they tied it to an earlier incident where there had been a shooting now uh, there might be um, some of you that um, r remember this, but in uh, Aurora, Colorado, uh, a guy walked into a screening of The Dark Knight, which is obviously when Heath Ledger played the Joker, and sh shot a bunch of people. 
um they shot and shot a bunch of people because he's a fucking piece of shit and um as a result of this because of the dark knight ties and this being a joker movie and that the media actually tried to link those things um which i thought was mind-blowing to me so first of all there were there were, there were um several false reports where people uh, where it was it was reported as a matter of fact that somebody dressed as the joker had shot people in aurora colorado then what started happening was uh prompted by the media cajoled by the media and the media frenzy and the media furor the vic the victim's families from that shooting in uh, 2012 or whenever it was they wrote a letter to warner brothers uh, and the media seized upon it immediately. Um, they said that they had they had real fears that this was going to inspire more violence. Um, so I'll just read this to you. Uh, Todd Phillips' dark take on the Batman villain will not play at the theater where a massacre took place during a 2012 screening of The Dark Knight Rises as family members of those killed asked the studio to donate to gun victim charities. Family members of those killed in the July 20th, 2012 mass shooting at a screening of The Dark Knight Rises in Aurora, Colorado, have signed a letter to Warner Brothers sharing concerns about the upcoming Joker film and asked the studio to donate to groups that aid victims of gun violence. We are calling on you to be part of the growing chorus of corporate leaders who understand that they have a social responsibility to keep us all safe, the letter said. Seven years have passed since James Holmes clad in full body armor and armed with multiple guns, including an assault rifle, terrorized the Aurora Cinemark Theater, murdering 12 people and injuring 70 during a screening of Christopher Nolan's Batman film. Uh, now, as Warner Brothers gears up for the October 4th release of Todd Phillips' R-rated Joker, which is attracting attention for its gritty, realistic violence, there's honestly hardly any violence in the movie, as well as for its artistry and the performance of Star Wackwin Phoenix, some survivors and relatives of the victims are expressing fears about the film. I don't need to see a picture of Holmes, I just need to see a Joker promo, and I see a picture of the killer, says Sandy Phillips, whose 24-year-old daughter Jessica Garvey was among the slain. So, um, this is going to sound really callous. Um, oh, I'll just read you this as well. Uh, the release of Joker is like a slap in the face, um, said uh, Sandy Phillips, and adds that she's concerned about audiences connecting to and even emulating the film's protagonist in a cultural climate where mass shootings have become commonplace. I mean, again, to call mass shootings commonplace is unbelievably irresponsible language. They are not commonplace by any metric. Um, my worry is that one person who may be out there and who knows if it's just one, who is on the edge, who is wanting to be a mass shooter, may be encouraged by this movie, and that terrifies me. Okay, so, gonna sound callous here, guys. But I said the same thing back when there was a documentary being made uh, about, uh, I believe it was, well, okay, I'll say that it was, there was the Madeleine McCann documentary and the parents went, this is super insensitive. And then there was one about the James Bulger killing that I just referenced from the Child's Play movies. And the family said, it's, you know, we don't want this to come out. It's really traumatic for us and we don't think it's fair. And it's like, fuck you. 
I'm sorry you've been the victim of a tragedy. It's like it's awful. I can't even begin to imagine. But the idea that everything around you must stop and you get to have this, like, specialist input into anything you wish as a result of that just isn't gonna fucking fly with me. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I cannot fathom the pain that you still go through to this day. It must be awful. But the idea that because you've gone through this, you get to rain on everyone's prospective parades and say, this violent movie can come out, but this one can't because it reminds me of what happened. Right? Nah, sorry. Fuck yourself. You don't have any special uh, you know, power or influence, uh, nor should you. If, if you want to have a conversation with a politician about gun violence and gun laws, yes, you absolutely do have some input and some insight into that. I think your voice should be heard. If you want to shut down art because it, it, it traumatizes you, get the fuck out of town. That's, that's ridiculous. Um, you, you, it just, it, it, it's a brutal thing to say. It's a brutal thing to say, but it is brutally honest and necessary to say. But here's the point, right? Now, as I said, I'm going to see if I can find you a specific link. Um, because I did have one, and I got to go through them, because I, I, I quickly grabbed everything before I came on air. So what about this one? Uh, no, that's the, the one. Um, So, um, there were, anyway, it's out there. You'll be able to Google it. I, I definitely have the links. I remember uh, reading it. Was it was it in BuzzFeed? That wouldn't surprise me either. Plus, you have to remember, these websites, they make a mistake, and they edit stuff out, and they don't tell you what they've edited uh, out. Um, yeah, here you go. I got it. It was BuzzFeed. I should have known. If it was a lie, I should have started with BuzzFeed. So when BuzzFeed reported on this letter... Look what they included here, and apologies for the um, yeah, the nighttime mode that it automatically defaults to on XSplit. But you'll get it here. Uh, it's, uh, right. The gunman, who killed a dozen people and injured 70 more at the Aurora Theater, uh, reportedly told authorities that he was the Joker, right? Now, this shouldn't surprise you, but the media is lying again. This absolutely did not happen. In fact, the only source is a sort of mishearing of like a beat police officer that was at the scene. In fact, all statements contradict this. There is no connection. In fact, if you go and look up the uh, the 2012 shooting details in Wikipedia, um, he literally, when asked about it, the the, the piece of shit shooter. Uh, basically said that he didn't he only picked the dark knight film because he knew the majority of people he knew it would be busy because it was a new movie and a popular movie that was why he targeted it he wasn't dressed as joker he didn't call himself the joker he had no type the joker he hadn't even seen the film nor knew who the joker was um in fact uh, let me see if i can just read you the bit where he actually talks about it uh, I'll find it and then read you the actual quote he said. Right, so you can just see how far removed from reality, you know, any connections to this. Uh, so, yeah, pol police response. Um, 
so you can see here uh according to two federal officials these are the two officers that were at the scene initially holmes had dyed his hair red and called himself the joker but when interviewed about this holmes himself said he didn't know who the joker was uh and if i'll find you a, a fact checking website um And here it is, actually. We can just go to his own Wikipedia page to get the quotes, right? So the quote that he says, this is his picture. He had red hair. It was incidental. It was nothing to do with the film, nor him trying to make himself look like the Joker, nor does the Joker have red hair. It's quite famously, the Joker has green hair. So, so it would be a bit of an oversight. Uh, but if you if you go here, it says... Uh, on June 25th, less than a month before the shooting, Holmes emailed an application to join a gun club. The owner, Glenn Rokovich, called him several times throughout the following days to invite him for a mandatory observation, but could only reach his answering machine. Holmes left Rokovich one email in reply. Due to the nature of Holmes' voicemail, uh, which Rokovich described as bizarre, freaky, and guttural, spoken with a deep voice, incoherent and rambling, Rokovich instructed his staff to inform him if Holmes showed up. Uh, though Holmes neither appeared at the gun range nor called back. In hindsight, looking back, if I'd seen the movies, maybe I'd say it was like the Joker. I would have gotten the Joker out of it. It was like somebody was trying to be as weird as possible, Rokovich said. This is, this is it. I mean, this is like this quote and the fact that two officers like reacted at the scene saying, oh, we think he dressed up as the Joker. That is the entire root of this bullshit. And it's, it, doesn't matter how many times it gets debunked it gets repeated all the fucking time um and to their credit uh i think vanity fair they tried to challenge this uh they wrote an article where they were very clear about it and they said the joker didn't inspire the aurora shooter but the rumor won't go away James Holmes was not dressed as the Joker when he killed 12 people in a movie theater, but the potent rumor continues to provoke fear and the worries of a copycat. And that's exactly how we end up with this like weird connection between Aurora and the modern day movies that we've got now. And you can see that the, the, uh, the district, the Colorado district attorney who prosecuted him saying clearly it never happened. The story has persisted because it fits the narrative so cleanly. Of course, the crazy hair-colored guy who shot the Batman premiere thought he was the Joker, of course. And yet it has no connection to reality. None at all. As I said, Holmes hadn't even seen the movie. He said he first heard of the Joker when he was already imprisoned from somebody in another cell. And somebody said to him, hey you're the joker or something like that so complete nonsense absolute nonsense but you know when you're having a moral panic right you've got it fuck facts like just just get them out there then you had the report that uh and again this is this is what the media do you see i'm just gonna say this and this might be controversial. The media really wanted somebody to shoot somebody 
They really wanted them because this is this is how disgraceful the modern media is. They for for months they had been trying to plant seeds in people's minds to go out and commit copycat violence, right? By endlessly reporting about how shocking the movie was, how it was in an incel magnet, it was you know all of these things without even having seen it themselves because they wanted it to happen so they could get back into the whole you know oh and incels are dangerous and they're a terrorist organization and toxic masculinity and whatever else you know they've already got queued up they've already got these articles written they were begging for somebody to go out and commit these crimes and they were trying to plant seeds and fucking shame on them for doing it because i will tell you this the movie might not have inspired copycats but the media went out of their way to try and inspire a fucking copycat killer. Even to the point where, just look at this stuff. There was a story over at Gizmodo. U.S. military issues warnings to troops about incel violence at Joker screenings. I, I need you to think about this, right? U.S. military versus incels. <laughs> like... You can't even make this shit up, right? Uh, the U.S. military has warned service members about the potential for a mass shooter at screenings of the Warner Brothers film Joker, which has sparked wide concerns from, among others, the families of those killed during the 2012 mass shooting in Aurora, Colorado. The U.S. Army confirmed on Tuesday that the warning was widely distributed after social media posts related to extremists classified as incels, it's a classification now, were uncovered by intelligence officials at the FBI. Uh, <laughs> so apparently in September service members were instructed to remain aware of their surroundings at all times to identify at least two escape routes uh, when entering theaters and they were instructed to run, hide and fight I mean this is all standard mass shooter pr procedure anyway and they said they became aware of potential threats after receiving a bulletin from the FBI that was what I just referenced earlier that bulletin that was the bulletin that said there's nothing specific in it it's just people tweeting and basically vice had to acknowledge that that was the case uh vice ran a story uh that it actually encapsulates this in a nutshell although they were just as concerned now if i remember vice will strobe out a little bit but their headline pretty much sums it up incel shit posts are making people nervous about the joker premiere i mean that's all that was going on right so you know oh no it's a pepe it's a joker pepe uh, call the army call the army so the movie comes out right the movie comes out and you're like well nothing's happened right but they, the, the press were on high alert wait till you see some of these reports because again they needed the narrative to come true every time the media is wrong they just rewrite history as if they were right all along if they just rewrite it we, we, yeah we were right no actually we were right we were fine we were right don't worry about it nothing to see here and then just move on to the next story so uh let me see if i can find these ridiculous um fucking local news things i think this is one here let me uh let me see if i can show you this 
Right, here we go. Uh-oh, guys. Be afraid, okay? This is, this is, it got really bad. It got really scary. All right? Moviegoer at Times Square Theater reportedly escorted out of Joker screening after cheering on-screen murders. Bum, bum, bum. Extra layers of security, intense on-screen action, and a frightening incident inside a New York theater combined to create an unsettling experience for moviegoers who went to see Joker on its opening weekend. A young man who was loudly cheering and applauding. They do that in America, by the way. Like, I just want to point that out. If you're not from America, you know they do get pretty fucking jacked up in, in cinemas. It took me a while to get used to it. First time I ever saw it, right? Couldn't even believe it. Lethal Weapon 4? People gave that piece of shit movie a stand innovation at the end. They were all like, I was like, fucking hell. A, it was shite. But B, what you doing? They just go fucking nuts. It's like they treat it like the fucking theatre, you know? I guess that that's like kind of where we're at culturally. Whatever. It's fine. And I told you about when I went to see Black Panther and people got up and were like bowing their heads and doing the Wakanda salute. Mass cheering. I was like, I'm just going to slip out real quick because I don't even know what to do. So... It was, it was it was just like that. So people do cheer and make noise in, in movie theaters out here. Not, I'm not joking about, I, I am not joking about the Black Panther thing. I saw it in a movie theater in Vegas. It was very crowded. It was like, it's opening week or it's second week. And uh, I, I'm telling you that at the end, people got up. There was Wakanda salutes. People were cheering. People were going crazy. It was like, it was a raucous affair. People really loved that film. And I was like, listen, you know, I, I just don't applaud at the end of the movie. I've never done that. It's not even like I don't like the film. So I didn't know what to do. It's like, can can I join in? Uh, so I just, I just slinked out. I'll, I'll leave you guys to it, you know. But that's just how it is, right? So the idea that the... Uh, there's something inherently scary about people cheering in a movie theater in America is absolutely nonsensical, by the way. Just putting that out there. Because some of you British people might go, oh yeah, that would be very unsettling, actually. Making noise in a movie theater, showing appreciation for, for, for something in a public setting. Mm, absolutely not. I'm British. We just don't do that. We don't even show our appreciation during sex. We just lie like a fucking salmon and... Yes, that was very functional, Barbara. Yep, thank you. Excellent. I will see you, see you tomorrow for some top-class intercourse. And that's just where you're at. You know what I mean? That's being British, isn't it? In a fucking nutshell. We're different Americans, that's that. Um, anyway. A young man who was loudly cheering and applauding on-screen murders sent some people heading towards exits in a crowded theater in Manhattan Times Square on Friday night. Other patrons yelled at the man, who then spit on them <laughs> as they left early. I was scared. I'm sure a lot of other people were. Nathaniel Hood said in an interview, conducted by private messages. In other words, some piece of shit journalist like saw a tweet and went, Hey, can I, I'm from... What fucking, what piece of garbage is this? I'm from CBS New York. Can I talk to you and use your tweets? I'm a journalist. I'm doing good work. I'm a big boy. 
So, yeah, great interview you did there. Really hard-hitting stuff. Social media users posted photos of police, security sweeps, and safety notices at theaters in California and Florida and in Tennessee. A drive-in theater banned moviegoers from wearing costumes to a screening of Joker. So, fucking scary shit, guys. These motherfuckers out here wearing clown outfits. (laughs) In Tennessee... And here's the thing as well, notice that nobody was wearing a clown costume. Tennessee just banned it preemptively. Now, we ain't going to have none of that clown nonsense down here, boy. I'm telling you that for, for, for nothing. You ain't going to be dressing up as a clown in my drive through Fucking drive-ins? What year is this? <laughs> like, fuck me. It's ridiculous. Fucking drive-ins. There's like five left in the fucking country. What are you talking about? Yeah, we had we had some problems. We had we had a round ball of juggalos and locked them up. And now it looks like you're just gonna have another wave of them crazy ass clowns coming coming around here, interrupting my moonshine. And <laughs> fucking what is this? You just banned. We're just gonna ban clown outfits. Like, okay, no, trust me, it's Tennessee. Nobody was going out in a fucking clown outfit in Tennessee. <laughs> like, you know, like who was doing that? Just tell me who was doing that. Who was dressing up as a clown in Tennessee? Uh, anyway. Um, we'll give you some more scary, some more spooky details. Some more spooky details about this guy, right? About halfway through, when Joker started killing people and monologuing about how society is evil, because we, we turned out we do live in a society, he started clapping really loudly and incessantly for a good minute all right people started yelling for him to shut up but he kept clapping and cheering the man started clapping and cheering really loud in the climactic gunfight and then got belligerent when people told him to quit finally security came and got him he was still being interrogated outside the theater when we came out plenty of police were around as well so just to let you know right in theaters up and down america every day people are drunk loud and obnoxious and get thrown out very rarely a police called very rarely do we assume holy shit this guy's an incel clown mass shooter freak you just think this guy's a drunk asshole you know what i mean so, so imagine being like, oh, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah, we get it. We live in a society, you mad cunt. That's it, isn't it? It's what you do. Oh, you just fucking simmer down, mate. Come on. Yeah, I clapped. I did. I clapped. All right, good. Throw, throw him out. Right, that's all there is to it. No panic needed. It's fucking dumb. But again, they were so desperate, like the way they had to report it, like, oh, yeah, and then look at this. The incels truly are rising up. I think there was another one. Let me um, let me see if I can find this. Uh, here it is. Here, here's another thing, right? Like, okay, I don't know if you know about Nevada, right? It's a great state. Love Nevada. 
It's one of it's one of the few states that really makes sense to me in America. I'll tell you why it makes sense to me. Twenty four hour booze, sound. Legalized weed, sound. And open carry. If you're fucking squeamish about guns, let me tell you, don't be. Because when every motherfucker's just out carrying them, like, just uh, as a matter of course, you get used to them real quick, and you know what? You think, this is probably what keeps everybody fucking polite. This probably keeps everybody in line. We're all super fucking nice to each other. Let me tell you, you think twice about calling someone a cunt when they've got a fucking 45 in a fucking holster on, on their hip. Yeah, maybe I'll leave this argument, actually. Mm. Yeah, maybe you can have that parking space. And you're right, As because I'm not a citizen, I don't have my green card yet, I can't carry. But it's never bothered me. It was weird at first, never bo never bothers me. There's a, there's a breakfast burrito place not far. I like to go to some mornings when the sun's coming up and I've been up all night. And I go over there and it's like a real like truck stop, kind of like, you know, wannabe cowboy kind of vibe, you know, a bit of a fucking dive. And everyone's packing heat in there. And I'm just like, this is fucking, this is sound. Like, this is fine. Nobody's going to fuck around in here. There's like more guns in the fucking Alamo in this motherfucker. It's ridiculous. So, the reason I'm telling you that is to just give you a little bit of context about the next Joker panic story we had to have. Right. It's just so ridiculous that this is news, okay? <laughs> Come on, please. You can do it. You can do it. Here it is. Local Las Vegas news. Vehicle with firearms inside found near movie theater. In Vegas? In an open carry state? So wait, the story is somebody not breaking the law near a movie theater. That's the story. That's the story, guys. Las Vegas police say firearms when found inside a vehicle perfectly legally. <laughs> uh, the discovery was made shortly before 5 p.m. after police officers made contact with multiple people near a vehicle in a parking lot. The address of the parking lot ma matches that of the Regal Colonnade movie theaters. As the officers interacted with the individuals, they learned that there were firearms located within the car. At this point in time, police do not suspect any criminal activity, no individuals were arrested, and no citations were issued. But Las Vegas police said earlier in the week they had stepped up patrols near local theaters because of concerns of violence nationwide in response to the release of the movie Joker. So, we got everyone so fucking hopped up on the fear fucking juice, look. Yeah, yeah, man, the incels, they're gonna, they're gonna paint themselves up as clowns and start shooting everyone. Nah, so basically now motherfucking civil liberties are getting fucking tread on to fucking placate these coastal fucking journalists. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's Vegas. Person has visible gun in vehicle properly. <laughs> More news at 11. <laughs> right. Sound. St. New York, motherfucker. People have guns. They're allowed. It's ridiculous. 
also as well i mean you could tell how fucking salty they were about it um you know there was just general stuff i i did see in the the la times this is just more factual reporting it's not like hysterical or anything uh but it just blew my mind as well joker opens to heavy police presence at movie theaters it's the times we live in yeah you're right it's the times we live in that that's a quote by the way from huntington beach resident nick blackner who went to see joker at the hunting beach uh, com complex and said there are tons and tons of cops here uh and then he asked for a refund and said it's the times we live in i guess yeah it's it is the times the media whipped everybody up into a fucking blind panic by you know irresponsible reporting and bullshit and lies and everyday folk have to fucking suffer for it meanwhile the journalists are just like well we'll just move on to the next thing what what are we panicked about today let me guess is vladimir putin interfering with uh, another election or something like what, what what's the bullshit i gotta believe today what what lies are you just gonna fucking feed me so i so i just live in a constant state of blind panic and fear and you know we got nazis in the white house controlled by russians influenced by gamers like in the the rise of the incel terrorist movement like you know what is it guys what, what what just tell me just tell me the lies just tell me so i can just get on with my life and believe your bullshit um so yeah i mean it turned out in a, there was a huge police presence uh, in la and, and, and california uh, and the lapd put a statement out about it as accurately reported here by the la times then um just as on top of that just to show how fucking unbelievably uh salty the ma the mainstream press were about it they then started sniping at the fucking director they then started sniping at, at, at the movie in general making all these false uh, assertions so let's just start with this thing um todd phillips uh is like as a director you might not know who todd phillips is this is the guy who directed uh joe joker this is why i was surprised the movie was as good as it was and let's be clear i don't think this is a masterpiece i think it's very highly derivative as i said it's got tones it's got taxi driver tones in it it's got uh it's basically like a melange of like falling down taxi driver and uh king of comedy very good films to borrow from especially the two uh scorsese ones uh you know and and, and it, it was you know it was, it was just a decent film and it's like listen what i respect about what todd phillips tried to do here is todd phillips is a guy that made like piece of shit throwaway comedy movies this is the guy who made road trip i do have a fucking soft spot for old school and i always will frank the tank you're my boy blue you're my boy i'll always have a soft spot for that right always but the rest of his output you know um he did the starsky and hutch reboot Ugh. he did the hangover trilogy yeah he did due date uh right joker represents an attempt by him to break those shackles uh of kind of being anchored towards one genre and doing something that's fucking really me you know putting out mediocre movies and stuff like that 
So I respected it. And the fact that he tried to emulate truly great films by a truly great filmmaker, I respect that too. Because it's, it's, you know, these are not easy shoes to fill. But anyway, he explained in an interview why he decided to move away from comedy, right? You can imagine what he said. He said, Todd Phillips thinks woke culture has killed comedy, right? Now, let's get some truers in the chat, I think, guys, while, while we're strobing here. Let's get some truers in the chat. Bounce some more light off the walls. Any truers in the chat, right? Any truers. So yeah, of course, woke culture, it's definitely something that's impacting on the way that we tell jokes. And I think you've got to I, I think basically if you don't if you don't go to this like list of prescribed targets that you get given, right? If you don't stick to those, then you, you, you're considered to be too offensive, punching down, you know, whatever they call it. And you can no longer make jokes about, you know, any marginalized group, even if evidently you're from that marginalized group. Um, you, you, you know, the, the targets basically have to be like powerful political figures. You can't even really do like observational stuff now because that feeds into stereotypes. So, you know, that's not, you're never going to get that. You're never going to get a bit like, hey, I've just, <laughs> here are some humorous differences between white people and this race over here, you know, like R Richard Pryor would do. Those, that that's not going to happen anymore, <laughs> ever. It can't, it, it will not be allowed. Your career will be under threat. And by under threat, well, what do I mean? Um, you can, if, if you're big enough, you can still get signed to like a Netflix or an Amazon, do a comedy special, maybe an HBO special. But if for any reason it goes out and it's poorly received, or if when you're on the road and you're trying out new material and you say some of this stuff and it gets filmed uh, and then it goes viral, uh, you know, you know, the work's going to dry up. You're not going to get bookings. You're not going to get specials. You know, like it's like Jerry Seinfeld said, he doesn't even bother playing colleges anymore because, first of all, he don't need the fucking money because he's Jerry Seinfeld. But second of all, what's the point? You're going to get there. They're going to complain. And you're gonna get you're gonna end your set early and probably not get paid. He said it's a complete waste of his time. Um, so he doesn't even bother playing the college circuit anymore. He's on record as having said that. So, um, yeah, it just seems it just seems ridiculous. But anyway, you can see here uh, that uh, Joker is dominating movie news at the moment with a mix of rave reviews and controversy. But it turns out Todd Phillips may not have made the dark comic book film if comedy wasn't so gosh darn woke. Uh, the 48-year-old who directed Road Trip, Old School, and the Hangover Trilogy has claimed that you can't be funny anymore because of woke culture, and he has been suitably rinsed on social media. Uh, you can scroll down here. Uh, when asked why he left comedy, Phillips told Vanity Fair, go try to be funny nowadays with this woke culture. There were articles written about why comedies don't work anymore. I'll tell you why, because all the fucking funny guys are like, fuck this shit, because I don't want to offend you. It's hard to argue with 30 million people on Twitter. You just can't do it, right? So you just go, I'm out, I'm out. And you know what? With all my comedies, I think that's what comedies in general all have in common, is they're irreverent. So I go, how do I do something irreverent but fuck comedy? Oh, I know. Let's take the comic book movie universe and turn it on its head like this. So that's really where it came from. Now, what do you think woke Twitter decided to do? <laughs> right? Like, 
do do you think they'd be like okay right hang on he's saying that we're ruining comedy so we need to show them that we actually do have a sense of humor right we need to show them we do have a sense of humor so what we should do is we should just leave it right we should just leave it not take the bait nah of course not let's prove him absolutely fucking right by behaving like a bunch of mewling fucking babies about his very valid opinion him somebody that's made multiple successful comedy movies compared to me somebody that bitches on twitter that everything ain't fucking woke enough so look you, you can see this right uh todd phillips go try to be funny nowadays with this woke culture uh and then he lists off a bunch of uh, a bunch of um comedies which by the way some of these have been criticized Curb Your Enthusiasm definitely has, uh, and, and and to a point now where they're they're retroactively going back and saying, oh, you know, is some of this racial racially charged comedy okay? Is beloved is the beloved cunt episode okay? You know, all of this stuff. Rick and Morty. I mean, I don't need to tell you about how they try to cancel that because of shit that the show the show's writer had done behind the scenes, not even any of its output. And then they also said, "Hey, Rick and Morty. By the way, you're not getting picked up for another season until we make it a fifty percent female writers' room, arbitrarily, which they did. And we all have to pretend Pickle Rick's a good episode. So you know, I don't know, right? But okay." Todd Phillips, wow, woke culture is making comedy impossible, right? And then they talk about how uh, Taiko Watiti, I'm literally playing Hitler in a comedy and woke Twitter loves my ass for it. Now, yeah, there's a movie coming out. I can't remember the name uh, of it where it's like, it's uh, it's a guy dressed up as, as Hitler and it's like talking about Hitler youth and stuff. So, because um, again, it's okay to, it's okay to do it as long as your politics are right and you're championed by the right people, you know, but as we found out, it doesn't even stay that way forever. Sarah Silverman, by making a point about racism, she had that episode where she decides to be black for a while and wears blackface. Um, and uh, they hate her for it now and she's getting canceled by the people that share the politics she's trying to champion and draw attention to. So just a weird business. Never, never think the mob is your friend because they ain't because they just turn on a dime all the time. But anyway, you can see all the verifieds are all out complaining about it. So they had to snipe at him about that and basically try and imply. There was a lot of woke critics that were like, I'm going to say the movie's bad because Todd Phillips has made these questionable comments on social media. So that's what you have to do now, right? Because you can't just independently judge the film. But then uh, there was also uh, some pretty wild... Uh, criticism where they tried to imply the film was irresponsible because it earned money for gary glitter right this was another outrage that came up off the back of the movie when it had been out and it had been successful there's an iconic scene in it so i'm gonna i feel comfortable calling it already iconic because it's been memed to death i even used it as the screen um coming in you know when you saw when you saw the screen this scene um is basically uh when joker dances down the stairs and it plays a song uh by gary glitter now you might not know gary glitter uh if you're a little bit young gary glitter was sort of a popular guy like you know musician 70s 80s turned out he was a, p a pedophile 
and he um, w would travel to places to have, um, you know, whether it was easier to get away with having sexual minors, I think in particular like Thailand and Eastern Europe and stuff. But he, he's been, he, he was caught, he was imprisoned. Um, but, Gary, but Gary Glitter obviously wrote a bunch of songs that people know, like, you know, do you want to be in my gang and stuff like this? And it's like, can you play those songs anymore? It's very interesting. I've, I've yet to hear anybody say, don't use a Michael Jackson song yet to hear anybody say that in fact quite the opposite people say no i mean he's the king of pop and he couldn't be guilty of these things despite all the testimony of all the victims like we just got to pretend that isn't real we have to pretend that's that none of that's real uh, uh it's fine but anyway so this was the this was the uh little outrage that they had i'll give you the cnn version because why not right oh hello Joker uses a song by convicted pedophile Gary Glitter. He's probably making money off it. The controversy keeps building for Warner Brothers Joker movie. Yeah, because you keep building it, mainstream media. No one cares about this organically. You have to sit conceive of this as something to gripe about then sign off on it editorially and use your resources to try and generate ire about the thing you imagined because no longer is the media really about hey you know what the general public probably need to know about this so we should tell it to them and we should tell it to them straight because they have a right to be informed the media is how the fuck do i get these morons to click on my website because if i don't get enough morons to click on my website i'm out of a motherfucking job priorities kind of shifted a little bit i would say yeah so the controversy keeps building yep because we'll because we'll never shut the fuck up about it The film, which has already received criticism that it glorifies violence and invokes evokes empathy for a killer. Again, no form of art has ever evoked empathy for a bad person ever in the history of art. In fact, Joker was the first movie to have this thing called an anti-hero. Never happened before Joker, by the way. Never happened before Joker. You know, never happened to me when I was sat there watching fucking tony soprano right like just, i was always rooting for team tony even though he was a real fucking piece of shit in fact saw a lot of elements of myself in him you know fuck how you know that didn't happen that wasn't real breaking bad forget that you know forget how we all like we're all on team walt you know for for quite a while till round about he when he when he paired up with them white nationalists and started murdering everybody and going crazy you know after he i think after he blew up gustavo fring i think that's when i was off to off team walt actually but up until that point i was kind of like yeah you know what i'm fucking all right with it um but anyway uh yeah it, it, evoking empathy for a killer joker was the first ever movie to do it and therefore it, it's just dangerous yeah i was rooting for bane i stand by that i don't think uh, listen i don't think bane was that bad a guy yeah i was rooting for bane <laughs> i think he did have some good points didn't he about the decadent and the, and, and, and the one percent you, you know you know what i mean like 
And let's also be fair, he fucking wrecked Batman, didn't he? He fucking wrecked Batman. You forget, if you, you know, Batman, Batman is a crazy vigilante. So, you know, I think, uh, listen, all I'm saying is if he'd, if he'd ran for office, I'd have been like, let's just listen to what he's got to say. There's like some overlap with him and Bernie Sanders, like, you know. If Bernie Sanders had come out after his heart attack, super fucking jacked up, jacked up, and with a fucking mask, and we would smash the healthcare system. I'm like, you know what, you're fucking, alright Bernie, Bainey, Bainey Sanders, I'm on board with it mate. I'm on fucking board with that. Of course, yeah, you vote for that cunt all day, wouldn't you? Anyway, back to this. Uh, the movie is now facing backlash that we've completely fucking invented ourselves for using a song by convicted child sex offender Gary Glitter. The song, Rock and Roll Part 2, plays for about two minutes as star Joaquin Phoenix, who plays the Joker, dances down a flight of stairs. And then listen. And that's not all. <laughs> as if that's bad in and of itself. Right? You know, do I need, do I need to burn every fucking copy of Naked Lunch right now? Do, do I have to go over there and, like, we just got to airbrush, I mean, obviously that's the next thing. We got to airbrush, like, William Burroughs out of fucking history because of his dubious fucking sexual practices abroad. You know, we all know what Arthur C. Clarke was up to. Has that got to go to? Can I read the books? Like, can I read the books and it not be an endorsement of that vile behavior? Can the books still be good? Guess not. Sorry. Just some of the best works of literature. Got to burn them. Nothing to see here. Now, I'm not comparing Gary Glitter to <laughs> fucking inspirational writers, obviously. As Gary Glitter wrote throwaway pop songs. But equally, by that token, I don't think just playing a pop song by Gary Glitter is some sort of tacit endorsement of his pedophilia. I think that would be a fairly absurd stance to take, wouldn't it? And again... I, I see movies where Michael Jackson hits in all the time. And nobody complains. Anyway, and that's not all. Glitter, whose real name is Paul Gad, is probably making money off the song's use in the movie too. And I like how they say probably. And do you know why they say probably? Because they didn't even researched this before they cobbled this piece of shit article together and pushed it out. They don't actually know. They don't know what's happened as a result of his incarceration, who controls his estate, who even owns the songs. You know, like, these could... I, I, for all you know, and I don't know, because I haven't researched it, right? Um, but you're, you know, you're a journalist writing about it. Maybe you might want to research it. it for, all, for all you know... Fucking, when Gary got incarcerated, the people that owned the fucking portfolio and back catalogue said, fucking hell, these are nonce songs. We can't have nonce songs. Gotta get rid of them. Or, or Away they go, and they might have sold them cheap to some other cunt. For all you know, Paul Gad might not be getting a fucking penny because he might not own anything. He might have had to sell all his nonce songs, like, to fucking fund his fucking trial. But probably he's making money. So, just look at this, dude, right? It's unclear how much Glitter could make, but attorney John C.A., who specializes in entertainment law, 
broke down the general process. So let's be clear here. We don't know if Gary Glitter is making any money. We've not done even any basic research into who would be making money off this song, right? <laughs> but here is an attorney we know who's going to explain how copyright works in general. What What is this? Am I fucking, like, someone fucking endorsed me with fucking some unbelievably strong, potent psychedelic? Because th this isn't how you do a report. This isn't reportage. Is Gary Glitter making money? <laughs> That's like, it's a pretty big question, right? Before you sit down to write the article about how he might be and how bad that would be, can we find out if he actually is? No, here's an, here's an attorney to talk about some completely, you know, tangentially related shit. Let's listen to the attorney. Then they go on to explain how copyright works and how what a master recording is. Right? <laughs> it's mental. All this just to dunk on the fucking Joker. <laughs> Regardless, right? Look, let's check this out. In some countries outside of the US, movie theaters also pay performance royalties for music used in films. Joker has already been released internationally and Glitter stands to make money that way as well. Though single payments from theaters are tiny, CA said they could add up to a significant payday. He'll also get paid when the movie airs on TV. Regardless, Glitter is making money, CA said. So he doesn't even know how or why, but he thinks he is. And the amount could be in the six-figure range. Could be. There's like... Do you, do you remember when news used to contain facts? Like, do, do, do you remember when it was like, I sit down to read an article, and in the article there are these things called facts, and I, I, you beam the facts off the page into my brain, and I learn things, because that process is informing. You've informed me of something. Like, I remember distinctly, that's how it used to work. Hey, what's going on about this thing? Don't know. Read a newspaper. Me. Facts. Facts into brain. Me. Oh, now I know. Thanks for informing me, news. Bye. See you next time I need to learn about something. What is this speculative fucking bullshit? It's just nonsense. The ethics of using a song by a pedophile. It's not just about the money. Some are questioning the morality of including the song and bringing profit to a convicted child sex offender. Yeah, there's none of them in Hollywood, for example. <laughs> they then interview uh, an, this guy, right? A an actor. And in fact, no, they don't even interview him. They just take a tweet of a British actor saying he enjoyed the movie, but people might feel uncomfortable at a Gary Glitter song being in there. And then they just move on. That's that, I guess. We're just, just, <laughs> not even going to interview. The ethics. We brought in an ethicist. No, we haven't done that. We brought in, <laughs> we brought in a, you know, a commentator on societal issues. We brought in a child behavioral psychiatrist. We've got a representative from the NSPCC. To put this in the context, when I was writing the story about the child sex predators that lurk on Twitch, which Twitch still haven't fucking done anything about, um, I reached out to, like, the NSPCC and all these other, you know, because you have to kind of do that. I understand this, 
and I'm supposedly an amateur, right? Like, I'm not writing for a lofty publication like CNN or anything. Uh... <laughs> look, how, look how long this is, by the way. Just to say, this song's in a movie and the guy who wrote it's bad. Cool. All right. It explains the history, how in 2012 it got banned by the NFL. And the song was also used as the goal song for some NHL teams, including the Nashville Predators. That's unfortunate. Not gonna lie, that's really unfortunate that you're called the Nashville Predators. And you're using a song by Gary Glitter. Yeah. Someone called Chris Hansen. The Predators nixed the song before the start of the 2014-2015 season in the wake of the new charges against Glitter. Fans in the US, though, still tend to associate the song more with Victoria's sporting events, whereas in the UK, Glitter's pedophilia is more widely known. So, I just want to also point something out, right? Because I did do a little bit of research. I did do a little bit of research, right? I didn't want to get too deep into this fucking rabbit hole. Because I reckon if I sat down and researched it, you're probably going to find out he actually makes fuck all money on his records anymore. I think that's probably what actually bears, you know, is closer to reality. I think he almost certainly bankrupted himself during his trial. I think he's pretty, I think, like a lot of disgraced people who have lost everything and good, rightly so. Fuck him. Fucking nonce. But, um, you know, I, I, I doubt he's making any, like, big money. Off, off this being included in the movie, if at all. Someone is. I doubt very much it's gl Glitter himself. But I did do some research. Um, <laughs> I, I see you in there, Chris Hansen. Good to see you. Uh, <laughs> I did do some I did do some research into other films that have used this exact song. Because obviously, if you're outraged about it, and you're not just jumping on board the Joker outrage machine, and you're not just trying to mine clickbait... You would be upset every time it was used, right? Well, okay. Here's the Wikipedia page. Uh, Rock and Roll Part 2. Um, and it tells you films that it's been used in, right? So, it's been it was used in Meet the Fockers. Been used in Happy Gilmore. Small Soldiers. She was, I mean, this is way before anyone knew what Glitter was up to. Was used for sudden death. I don't even know what the fuck that is. I mean, keep, keep in mind, right? He was convicted in 1999. So, the, anything used after that, anytime it's used anywhere after that, is bad, right? And it's been used in movies and trailers. No one cared when it was in Meet the Fockers. Five years after he'd been convicted of child pornography. No one cared. No outrage. It's just a family-friendly Ben Stiller vehicle. 
Here you go. Oh, shit, this is new. They added this. According to the LA Times, one of the last bastions of actual sensible writing, by the way, can I just say that? Can I just go on record and say, you'll notice when I'm dunking on motherfuckers in the media, I don't think I, I think I hardly ever dunk on the LA Times. I think I've done, I don't think I've ever had cause to. But here you go. The LA Times did the research. Glitter does not receive payment when the song is used because he sold the rights and the US rights to the song are now owned by Universal Music Publishing Group. Well done, CNN. You've done it again. You've done it again. My, I tip my hat to you. You did, you did no work whatsoever. You did no research whatsoever and published a completely fake fucking outrage piece about something that demonstrably didn't happen. And here's the thing. All you have to know about is like how expensive his trial was, how long his trial lasted, how there were later charges in like 2006 and stuff. Obviously, he had to sell everything. And what, what, what does he own? As Gary Glitter, right? Once he sold the wigs and the stupid suits and the chains and his house, like, what's he got left? His songs. They obviously fucking went. So there you go. Didn't even own the songs. But we got to dunk on the incels. Got to dunk on the incels. You'll notice no correction or retraction on that piece. You'll notice that piece hasn't been deleted. It's still publicly there. People can still stumble across it and be deluded into thinking that Todd Phillips movie has, uh, you know, is supporting a, ped a convicted pedophile. All lies. Not a problem. It's just another day. It's just another day in fucking modern journalism when nobody, like, everyone wants to call themselves an authoritative source. Everybody wants to be the fact checker, right? Everybody, but no one actually checks facts. Unless Donald Trump says something and it's really easy. Like that guy when Donald Trump said, you know, we, we got a stack of burgers for them a mile high. And then someone went and fact check. For, to stack burgers from McDonald's a mile high, you would actually need to buy 3,800,065 burgers. It's like... Fucking get me out of the fucking K-hole that I live in. I cannot fucking stay here. This is a bad dream. Get me out the fucking K-hole. Right. So there you go. Basic fact check. Would have told you. Don't worry about it. Gary Glitter's not getting any money. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. But again, we got it. We got to dunk. We got to dunk on the fucking. Uh, we got to dunk on the incels. We got to dunk on the gamers. We got to dunk on the the, the the Twitter shit lords. We're journalists. We're a protected class. Twitter bans you for typing. Learn to code. Don't worry about it. This is normal. We lie to you every day. We get paid to do it. We live glorious, privileged lives so we can tell you that you're scum and everything you like is wrong. This is fine. This is normal. Don't think or depression might occur. It's okay. It's good that we live like this. Fuck me, man. Thank you, Mike Feedme. Good to see you, buddy. Sorry that your mic got fucked up when, when you ordered it, by the way. Trying to do a podcast, you gotta have sound. Uh, let me just show you one last thing about Joker, and then we'll wrap that up.
So, why you would do this, by the way, right? I, it's mind-blowing to me. But you get a you get an actor, right, like, who's willing to talk about the role. You know, they have to do it, right? They have to go out of these press junkets. They're honestly awful things. For anybody who doesn't know how a press junket works, uh, okay, let me, let me just tell you the awful, gaudy process because I've been on many myself. Don't get invited as much these days now that I am the anti-journalist journalist. But let's, um, let's... <laughs> Let's uh, talk about what they're like. So, because I know most of you guys probably haven't been on one. So what happens is there's a big media recurrence. It could be the launch of a video game or the launch of a movie or, you know, whatever. And um, certain people are going to be available for interviews at this thing. So you get an invite, right? Your media company says they've got like two tickets to the junket. They're going to send you. They're going to send you. You get there. First thing, you get a fucking goodie bag, right? Because they want to fucking lubricate your fucking principles with gifts. So you get a goodie bag. So it could be anything in there. If it's a video game launch, you get a copy of the game. Hey, look. Oh, what else is in here? Here's some shiny trinkets and baubles. The further up the food chain you get, by the time you get to Hollywood, you get fucking iPhones, iPads, watches, like, it's insane what they give out to the fucking press to encourage positive coverage, right? And again, remember, this is all just by the by. This just goes on. So, where you and you and me, normal people, would say, yeah, kind of a conflict of interest in there. You start the press junket by giving the journalists gifts for attending, and then they've got to go and write things and do interviews. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I it kind of reeks of bribery, perhaps. Nah, fuck that. In fact, when people piped up about it in 2013, it happened all the time in the video games industry because that was the original precursor to Gamergate. Don't forget, Gamergate, by the way, actually emanated from a guy who was woke, who was himself a social justice warrior, and was talking about being preyed upon by bad people in the industry. It's been retconned, so he was some abusive stalker. That wasn't true. He was in the clique, right? You, you've just been brainwashed. You've just been brainwashed and memory-holed. They can't do that to me. I'm too mentally strong. You can't break me with your lies they bounce off right but anyway people were complaining about this in 20 fucking 13 all the perks all the ties should people be having big corporate sponsors being given gifts being given copies of the game being given playstations being given you know all this limited edition bullshit that you can fucking sell the uh so when people brought that up games journalists got all fucking uppity and upset about it and said well imagine thinking my integrity could be bought for the price of a video game you know what i mean well like no one's ever sold out cheap fuck you and it ain't just one it's every time you go to these things it's an outrage the bullshit that they say so anyway that's what a press junk it is and when you go to these things, like for the big Hollywood stuff, you all the all the kind of like you know premier entertainment journalists get an opportunity to sit down with the stars, and very often they're like five to ten minute interviews. Sometimes they're like long stuff. Um, but what happens is the, the, it's one of the worst parts of the job for any actor when they do the post promotion when when the movie's out or ready to come out and they're on the promotion trail. Because they literally will sit down and do an interview and the guy will come in and go, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm meeting you. Internally, they're like, I can't believe I'm talking to the stars. And then they go like, so uh, how did you prepare for this role? And you go, oh, okay, you know, I lost some weight and I did this and I did that and I did this. And then, 
uh, what do you think the, you know, what what, what was about the subtext of the movie? And, um, you know, what was it like playing a bad person? Because I'm led to understand that you're actually quite a nice person. And yeah, and you have to plow through. And then it's like, 15 minutes are up. And, a, you know, someone from the studio comes in and says, sorry, he's got another interview scheduled. And the actor goes out of that room and then goes in, or, or the journalist comes out of that room. And then another journalist comes in and it's time for another fucking interview. And what do you think the journalist does? Do you think any of them have an original fucking thought in their head? Do you think anybody's going to ask any, like, incredibly insightful questions or is it just going to be generic like um oh so how did you prepare you know and just all it's like just so they can lead with a headline like Joaquin Phoenix went full method actor for the Joker and and people click on it and go well what does that mean it means he prepares in the usual way that he prepares for anything because no none, no entertainment writer has even read a book about what method acting is because they don't have to because they're just failed fucking bloggers that got lucky because they live in a coastal city and they happen to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who can get them a job you see and the cycle continues, right? That's that's how it works. So, Joaquin Phoenix, why you would ask him this? I I just I don't even understand. So the media concoct a storyline that this film will incite violence, apropos of nothing. Having not seen it, they're peddling that. They are peddling it to the point where they're getting everyone on edge about something that isn't real. To the point where the police are like pulling up fucking cars and ar arresting folk and like oh somebody's cheering in the cinema no 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 like so then they and they, they, they continue the narrative they were doing an interview with the telegraph and um they asked F Joaquin Phoenix um if he worried that the Joker might perversely end up inspiring the kind of people it's about with potentially tragic results so in other words they asked the lead actor of a movie directly do you think the role you've played will cause people to go out and murder people so he's the response is why 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 would you no 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 and he left the interview for an hour um where he was talking with the warner brothers press agent about what he needed to say and like how he needed to negotiate it and like what's going on here um and then he came back and completed the the interview but it's just it's just so absurd you know like if, if this if, if we if we accept the premise that these concerns are valid it must apply to every movie that has violence in it correct has to absolutely has to because unless we believe there's something so unique about the joker mythos and this interpretation of the movie that this would trigger people and this would fucking push you over the edge uh, it just seems really crazy to me now to wrap up the joke a bit and all of the nonsense that the media did, I'm going to demonstrate how there are a bunch of lying, hypocritical fucks that will just write about ev anything, anything and everything uh, that's popular, tell you it's bad, tell you to be afraid of it, you know, whatever it takes, because they're just mining hate clicks. That's all they're really doing, right? Because there is actually... Uh, there is a movie that should be way more terrifying to these people. 
way more terrifying than the Joker. Let me just, I have to actually just check that I can show this on, on stream, because... Can I show it? Let me just see. It should be PG-13 trailer. Oh. What's going on there? Hmm. Okay. Fuck it. I'll chance it. I don't think there's anything too bad here. Uh, right. There is a movie. A new movie. Coming out. Might already be out. I'm not following it because it's going to be a piece of shit. And the movie is called Cuck. <laughs> Cuck. Let's have a look at the trailer, eh, guys? Wait, that's Epstein. Hey, are you tired of the media spinning the truth and pushing false narratives upon you? Well, take a look at this. Over the last two years, while the mainstream media has been pushing the whole Trump colluding with Russia narrative, The Epic Times has been covering Spygate, the true story of collusion. And take a look at this. While the mainstream media has essentially given Hillary Clinton a pass... Yeah, the they're not Epic listening Times to what I'm saying on my stream before fucking giving me a targeted out of nothing, guys. Don't worry, we don't live in a dystopia. We literally don't live in a dystopia. I'm not doing a stream about how the media lies. I just recorded a video about the media lies, and I'm getting an ad about how the media lies. Nothing to worry about here, guys. This is perfectly fucking normal. This is perfectly normal and perfectly fucking acceptable. Get the fuck out my face. Right, hang on. So... Let's get, let's get ready for this. You can see from the likes and dislike ratio. Cook. Okay. The greatest threat to our nation is this false sense of diversity. That is the greatest fallacy of the past century. Today was a pretty rough day for me. I lost a lot of money and I lost a car and I lost a job. But everywhere I go, there's illegals. And they're running the show. It's shifting, not just in terms of politics or morality, but culturally. You can't be proud to be white and male anymore. It's not politically correct. We sometimes record it. All you gotta do is follow the script. Can you do that, Ronnie? Can you follow the script? But you be anything I need to be! The greatest threat to our nation is the fragmentation of our people. Because they have access to weapons, guns, knives, anything. 45. Really, isn't it? Hell yeah. When the fire comes, you're gonna burn. They need you. Are you ready to take the red pill? Or are you just another cuck? Right, so guys. Guys, okay, guys. <laughs> oh my lord. Oh my lord. That's a real film uh, that's been really made that is coming out. It's all been pushed and peddled at the same time as The Joker. And you can see what the story's about. It's about a guy who goes on YouTube. Ooh, and there's a guy with a mustache and an American flag. And he's talking about immigration and things about it. And he's going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, tell me more. And he's going, he would cook. He would cook. <laughs> and then he does get involved in, with real cuckoldry with members of the Aryan Brotherhood. All right. 
And it uh, looks like he gets a gun and he's about to snap and shoot a bunch of motherfuckers, doesn't it, right? Now, hang on a minute. That sounds like a, a, a film way more in touch with this supposed narrative about, ooh, YouTube radicals and the rise of the alt-right and, you know, all these other fucking, you know, gibberish. YouTube's radicalizing people. What, by fucking making me watch five episodes of Joe Rogan in a fucking row? Is that like, is that it, is it? Is that, is that all it takes? There's no, like, radical content on YouTube, you fucking editors. So how the fuck can it radicalize anybody? You know? It's like, it, I, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, binging with Babish. I'm, now I'm watching Matty Matheson fucking scream about how to make the perfect pancakes. And before you know it, you're watching fucking Looper and IndieWire and... I've been radicalized. Being turned into a, I'm being radicalized into an obese person with all the fucking unbelievable food fucking commercials. It's ridiculous. But why did nobody in the media talk about this movie? Interesting, isn't it? It's almost like, as demonstrated. <laughs> by the like to dislike ratio here and some of the fucking some of the <laughs> some of the comments here my wife's boyfriend likes this movie he's cool right this is basically joker if it was made by reddit Mom, can we have Joker? No, we have Joker at home. Joker at home. <laughs> so... You can see that everybody knows this is a piece of shit. No one's going to watch this movie. But, if we hold true to the idea that there's something very dangerous about this idea of fucking incel cuckold fetishist um racist radicalized by youtube people rising up and fucking getting guns and shooting people this film should be subject to nationwide condemnation because of its subject matter because it's not allegorical it's actually directly saying these things it's not metaphor it's this is the story so you if the, if the joker was going to inspire people this absolutely must it must it simply must because the media have told me it must i scoured the uh the, the mainstream media that were all writing about the joker and complaining about the joker and saying how bad the fucking joker was and how it was going to inspire mass murder and all this shit and i found one fucking article uh, about this movie cook uh it was over on the daily beast right and keep in mind, by the way, can we just agree that trailer was unintentionally fucking hilarious, right? Like, can they just, can we all agree that that was hilarious? Because that was so stupid, right? Well, the Daily Beast, <laughs> this article, forget Joker, the most terrifying incel horror film is Cook. So there you go. Uh,
apparently this is um this is a terrifying horror film according to the daily beast are you ready to take the red pill or are you just another cook for viewers not familiar with this sort of language, he's using the terminology of the incel or involuntary cell. Like red pilling, that was around before the word incel was around. Right? Comprised of men who blame their lack of sex on women. The allusion to the Matrix's red pill speech refers to the incel's belief that only they can see the truth. Namely, that society is unfairly rigged against men like them, thanks to chads, <laughs> i.e. handsome, wealthy studs, getting all the Stacys, i.e. super hot, materialistic women, and all the Beckys, i.e. average women, coveting the chads rather than settling for them. It's an unhinged view of the world designed to put the onus for their failures on everyone and anyone but themselves. So there you go, guys. It's, uh, it, it, it turns out, you know, this is fine. Cook is fine. Right? Well, watch that. Looks like that fu fucking cunt from making a murderer, doesn't he? But anyway, Cook is fine. But, um, yeah. Joker's the real thing you got to be worried about.